we are back. Um, and today on our episode, we are discussing off-campus housing. Um, I think our campus and our students here, I think we're a really, really neat and really special school that we have such a mix of students who live on on-campus housing. A lot of them choose to move off campus at different points in time. Some of them spend their whole entire time living off campus during their whole time here. Um, I think all of those experiences are very common. Um, what we want to talk about today is that those all come with different processes, different resources, and I think just different ways to think about how to set up what housing choice is best for you. So today, we wanted to talk about it. Um, we're going to start off with, Ollie, this question's for you. Um, how do students decide to live on campus or off campus? What is their experiences and what does that decision making process look like? Yeah, so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of different reasons more towards what each of them give. So a lot of students said that living on campus give you like good resources. So there's like the gym, it's also closer, like if especially if you're like a new person, new student moving to the city and you really don't own the city much, like living on like living in campus would be better just because you you would get used to the area there and then eventually, you know, you'll pick what neighborhood in Chicago you want to move in. Others, of course, want a bit more freedom. With dorming, there's a bunch of rules. Um, and that's, you know, just like what else to be expected. So people just want a bit more freedom, different times that work for their schedules. Um, a lot of them also shared that it also depends on the age. So people who start college, you know, you're at the typical range of like going right after high school, like dorming is a bit more accessible for them. But of course, there's people who go to college at other ages, like 28, 29, whatever, and they really don't want to dorm with, you know, younger students, which again, fair. So that is more in depth to just like them wanting to live off campus. That's such a good point. We do have a such a diverse student population here, um, which also has diverse needs. Um, and hearing that that's one of the things they think about coming in. Absolutely. Um, Gee, I wanted to ask you next. I think we know, or at least we see on the housing website here, Residence Life has an on-campus housing timeline. So I think that's pretty curated and pretty planned out. You know when to apply for your on-campus housing. You know when to apply for your roommate selection, anything like that. That's pretty spelled out. However, when you're moving off campus, that timeline seems to have a little bit more of a mystery around it. Um, when should students start looking for apartments, um, particularly when they're looking for their first one off campus? Well, in general, leases tend to like vary. And I mean, there's usually apartments available like year round. So if you're really looking for one, um, I'm sure you can find one listed on like Zillow or other websites. But typically, most leases will be like up in like late April through August, which makes sense, especially considering our climate. No one really wants to be moving in the snow. So it makes sense people would more so like move during like spring and summer. Absolutely. And I think you made a good point that if you have a certain neighborhood that you want, or if you're looking for 
there's a lot of apartments that rent specifically to students who are who are revolve around the school year. Those are very common and wonderful. Um, if you're looking just kind of other, you're looking for an apartment in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of students in it, or you're looking everywhere. I think what we've typically heard is 60 to 90 days. So two, two months out is plenty of time. Um, what I see sometimes is students looking maybe too soon. Um, so they're looking in January for their apartment in, in June um, and just not finding anything. Give it 60 to 90 days for that kind of other experience is plenty. Um, well, once you found your apartment, once you found a place to live, um, Casey, one that, this next one is for you. I think what we really wanted to talk about is what is the difference between paying for housing on campus versus paying for housing off campus? What does that difference look like? So on campus, of course, is housing that's offered through the college and it's filled, it's filled through students' accounts. Um, and all on-campus housing is paid directly to the school and most financial aid can be used um, for that. Off-campus housing is all of their housing options not considered to be on the campus. And it's of course paid to outside entities. Uh, students are also eligible for refunds due to the excess financial, financial aid and can choose to use their refunds to help pay off, pay for their off-campus housing. Absolutely. Um, and then what about the process of getting the housing? What is, is there a difference between getting the application process for housing on campus versus off? Yes. Um, off campus is a little, of course, more work because um, you're in, you're, you're usually involved with a landlord. So like a landlord might ask you to fill out a rental application and sometimes there's fees you might have to pay to fill out this application. And basically in this um, application, uh, it just asks for general, inf general information about the applicant, such as their employment history, their criminal background and other formal, former rental history and financial background. Um, because college, um, because college students are younger, um, their financial history isn't as, um, like extreme as other adults. So they usually have to find someone to co-sign that, that apartment agreement. Um, and co-signing means that you as a tenant need like a second person or third party to sign with you in order to get that apartment. Um, and again, this is necessary when your financial status is insufficient for the manager or the landlord to accept your application as is. Um, and the job of the co-signer is to pay the rent you are unable to and their name will appear on your lease even if they are not living there. Um, and sometimes for situations, it's hard to kind of find a co-signer. So um, other options you could do to still be able to rent out that apartment could be to maybe talk to your landlord and show them proof of like any financial assistance you have from college, like we kind of talked before about those 
like scholarships and um, you just have to show them the document documentation for that. Um, and then also sometimes for certain students, maybe they don't even have income from the United States. So um, they would have to kind of talk to their parents to kind of get documentation from their parents' income from their home country. Um, and if you show that to the property owner, usually they will accept those statements. Um, and then another option, if you can't kind of find a co-signer is to use a, a guarantor. Um, and this is someone or a company that can be responsible for paying rent when the tenant fails to do so themselves. It's a little different from a co-signer just because a co-signer is immediately going to be responsible for that rent. Um, So interesting. Thank you for that. Um, I'll just make a note for the first part for paying. Um, uh, Columbia Central is fantastic at really helping students navigate this. There are ways to use student aid, um, like Casey has says, to support your off-campus housing. Um, and finding a student job, finding a job within a neighborhood that you live in. We recognize that that can take up a significant amount of your time um, and can be not accessible for every student. But if that is something within your capacity, talk to student employment, talk to other peers about what type of jobs that they've had to subsidize some of their costs that come with having an apartment or having a house, having something that isn't direct build like housing is. Um, yeah, that was really, that was really helpful to hear. Um, we wanted to end and ask, um, gee, we wanted to ask you in apartments and housing, because it involves people, um, issues still tend to come up. And I think what we wanted to talk about is the difference between when you might have an issue with a roommate in your dorm versus an issue with somebody who's on a lease with you in an apartment. What does that look like? Well, when you're living on campus, you have um, the resource of residence advisors and assistance RAs. Um, and so first off, you would like try to communicate with your roommate on the issue, but if it couldn't come to like a resolution that like was beneficial with both parties, then you would have to talk to your RA. And um, in terms of like building issues, um, each of the on-campus buildings have maintenance links that people can like send maintenance requests through. Um, yeah, and off-campus, that's like totally different. Um, in terms of like roommate issues, you're kind of on your own in the sense like RAs obviously don't exist in like off-campus apartments, especially if you're like um, in one that doesn't support like students um, and yeah. So I guess you would have to just communicate effectively and uh, practice good conflict resolution skills. Um, and in terms of like building issues with an off-campus apartment, you have to talk to like the landlord or like building managers. And uh, obviously, um, I guess, I guess code of conduct in terms of like all that is different from each like apartment. And so 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It can be, it can be really exciting to when roommates just click and it's perfect and it can be really tense if that isn't, isn't the uh, case. Um, we wanted to remind you all that if you are a student who's living off campus, your resources are still Columbia. Even if you're in an apartment, if you're in a house, if you're a student who've never lived on campus for any reasons that we have mentioned or that we haven't, navigating issues within your home is still something we can offer support in. Um, whether that is conversations around accountability, whether that is conversations of my identity at home is not being respected or 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 seen. Um, we can try to support you as your community here and also steer you towards your rights as a renter or as a resident of the city or the county. Um, you have legal rights to like a third party arbitration trader if things get really to that point. Um, you have renter rights if part of the issues you have um, include your landlord or building management. Um, all of those, of course, apply to housing here, but housing is residence life. There's, that's built into one. The experiences there can be much more clear than when you're out in the rest of the city. But we wanted to at least leave you with, if there are issues that you have anything in your life as a student, this is what we want to um, support you on with no matter where you live. Um, I think our final note is just a reminder that any sort of financial aid and paying questions are really best for the um, Columbia Central Office. Anything about residence life is really best for residence life, but your, your, your peers here are here to support you navigating both of those, um, whether that's about the experiences, the processes, um, or even how to connect with the folks who do those roles. Um, the mentors here have done, just get so excited when that's one of the things that we can support you in. Um, well, thank you all so much. This was so interesting to talk about and really useful. Um, I hope you all have um, really positive housing experiences. <laughs> um, and if you don't, I hope it's, it's quick and dealt with. Um, any other notes on our on our way out? You're getting the thumbs up. I love it. Okay. Thank you all so much. Best of luck in your housing journey, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.